0: the host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Let's talk about what it means to have a little bit of fear. I think fear is good. I think uh, people are like, I don't have any fear. It's false evidence appearing real. Yeah, I get it. Okay. I'm with that a little bit as well. But I want to talk about how you can actually burst through because we all have fears. I don't care if it's a fear of flying, a fear of insects, a fear of failing, whatever that looks like. Uh, but as it relates to the entrepreneurial world or going for your dream. I want to talk specifically about that and just share with you like some of the real fears that I've had because the more I talk to people and I'm starting to get a real, really good feel for why some people just say, ah, you know, just not right now. Just, okay, maybe, you know, when the time is right, that's a big one. So let's just start there. The time's never going to be, it's never going to be right. You will always find a reason not to do it. And look, none of this, I don't even know what NLP or any So none of this, there's nothing to buy. I've got nothing to sell you. I'm just shooting you straight, okay? So I'm not going to come around and say, now go buy my program, okay? So here's the thing, okay? The time's never going to be good. You, you already know that, though, because you've said this for the last 10 to 15 years. You know, I'll do it uh, next month or next year. No, you won't. No, you won't, because they'll have other issues that'll pop up. You know, and the time just will never be right. You know when the right time is? The time that you just say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it because then something really cool happens. And you start getting this like, yeah, all right, I'm doing something. You know, even if you don't have monetary results right away, okay, at least you feel like, you know, I'm doing something. I've got some purpose now. I got something other than the regular day-to-day stuff that mundane crap that I've been doing forever. This excites me. Which is kind of wild because it's paradoxical in a way that the very thing that you're fearing of doing is the thing that's going to excite you when you actually get started. You know, For me, I had this really, really big fear about speaking. And I had this uh, stuttering problem, which I still do sometimes. If you listen closely, you'll hear me stutter. I don't stutter as much as I used to, but I still get tripped up on some words. But now I just don't care because I just I've got to get this message out. And I think passion trumps that fear. It certainly trumps my stuttering problem because when I deliver with a lot of passion and conviction, I don't stutter. Or sometimes I stutter really bad because I'm trying to get a thousand words out in a short period of time. But you know, the very thing that you're fearing of doing is the one thing that's going to give you that excitement, that jolt back. You know, So don't lie to yourself and say the timing isn't right. If this is something that you want to do, for example, with me, it was speaking, the last thing I wanted to do was get up in front of a bunch of people and make a fool of myself, but I did. You know, at least I thought I did. Either the audience was being very nice or they didn't think I was making such a fool out of myself that I that I thought, and aren't we really the hardest on ourselves? Like we were the least forgiving, you know. Oh, I don't look good. Oh, this dress looks bad on me. Oh, my hair, oh, I've got the dad botta. We can go on and on and on and on about how we beat ourselves up. But then somebody else says, Oh, how does this dress look on me? And you're like, Oh, you look beautiful. But you never say that to yourself. And then when we start speaking or coaching, consulting or creating products or anything like that, we shoot a video, we look at it like oh, we got like a patch over our eye because we can't even watch with both eyes. It looks so bad. It doesn't look bad at all. It looks bad to you because you're looking at it through a subjective lens. So that's one thing, you know, the fear of how we're going to look or how we're going to sound and things like that. And again, just get going. And what you're going to find that it's not about you. None of this is about you. It's about the message that you want to get to the group of people that you're going to minister to. Like, I consider my everyday is Saturday business a ministry. I minister to individuals who have just this insatiable desire to get a message out there, you know? And they also want a very simple method to do it. They don't want complicated. They don't want to have to watch 25 training videos and have to go to these seminars and watch all these videos. You know, they don't want to do that. Okay, they want a very simple method. Talk to me like I'm a seventh grader. You know, in America, we communicate at a seventh grade level. And I pr- pretty much think everybody around the world does, you know, but especially here in the U.S., we talk at a seventh grade level, yet we'll put our, an email out or we'll put a Facebook post out there and we're writing it as if we're drafting a letter to the CEO of our company and we want to impress them so we can get promoted. I mean, I don't understand it. I kind of get it, but not really. Because if you talk a certain way every day of your life, why would you change that? Lose your, your only edge you have out there is your authenticity. Like your unique proposition is you. How do you create a unique message around you? You know, you're the one and only there's only one of you. Why would you go out and try to sound like anybody else? You've, you've actually taken away the very thing that's going to separate you from the marketplace and allow you to realize your own million dollar message is by leading with that. So quit trying to talk like somebody or look like somebody that you see online. It doesn't work, it never works. You know, let me ask you, when you see a Facebook ad come through your feed, do you think, oh wow, I can really relate to that person? Well, if you're saying yes, then they probably are operating how they would look, sound and feel any other day of the week, you know? If they look like a phony, chances are, they are, your radar is good. Like your your instincts are good on that. You know, when you hear somebody or see somebody online or on a podcast, you're like, oh God, get eject, hit the eject button. Well, your instincts are right, okay? So your fear and why you're putting this thing off or doing it or not investing or whatever it looks like to you, just, just getting going, taking that first step is going to turn into the number one thing that you never want and that's regret. You know, I think fear and regret follow each other all the way till the end of our life. You know, we're fear, afraid, afraid, afraid. Then we look like, we, oh, I wish I would have done that. You know, for me, you know, when I was that insecure stuttering bundle of fluff, and I'm not talking about when I was 13 years old, I'm talking when I was 35, 35. And then I went for it, you know, I quit the job and bought the Quiznos franchise and thought I was going to be Johnny Entrepreneur. I had no business doing that. I mean, I had no business buying a franchise. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want employees. I just left the job. Why would I want to go manage people at a sub shop for crying out loud? That's the dumbest thing in the world, but I didn't trust myself. I wanted to, you know, to go into the franchise business because, you know, it's all the infomercials make it look like I have the whole family works together and we can see each other every day and I'm earning all the money. None of that worked. It didn't work for me. Now, I'm not saying obviously franchises work, but you got to have that mindset. I didn't want employees. Never want employees. Everybody that works for me is a 1099. You know, I outsource everything or they work for me maybe moderating a facebook group or putting together some graphics they work for me for free and in return they're part of our groups at no charge things like that you know but i don't have employees don't want employees never want to have an employee i'm just you know why because i know my limitations i'm not a good boss because if i'm a boss and i'm paying someone 100 grand a year my expectations are going to be very high and that's not fair to them Because my expectations are not necessarily what they want to do. Now, I'm not saying I won't hire. I think I'm actually am going to hire a CEO down the road. Maybe it's going to be in 2022. I'm going to do that so I can just work 100% on creating content and let that uh, individual run the business. But that's just kind of like off the beaten path, kind of what my vision is for every day is Saturday. Um, But getting back to fear and why most people don't do it is because they're all up inside their head. And you got to get out of your head or you're dead. I mean, there's no... No better way to put it than that. You've got to get out of your head and stop sabotaging your success by looking at all of the reasons why you can't do this. You know, had I done that, which I very well, the easy thing for me to have done back in 2003, 2004 was to never even explore public speaking. Podcasting hadn't even been invented yet, you know. So that wasn't even on the table. I was just thinking about, I want to be a public speaker. I want to be a motivational speaker, you know? And I Googled motivational speakers and quickly found out, oh, I'm not them. Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Dennis Waitley, Les Brown. I mean, get out of here. I can't compete with that. These people, all of it started getting into my head. And then I started thinking, well, I, I stutter. I can't talk very well. I'm a college dropout. And so I started really making an entire ledger and a journal of everything that was wrong with me. Crazy, right? Yeah, but... That's what I did. I just wrote a bunch of things down, literally wrote them down of all the reasons why nobody would ever want to hear me speak. And then I thought, well, I wonder how these individuals got ever got started. It's not like, I mean, Tony Robbins says he comes from the most dysfunctional family ever. If you ever know a story, he's pretty damn near telling telling you the truth. He also says, show me a family who's not dysfunctional, and I'll show you a family that's not really telling you the truth, you know, <laughs> You know, Les Brown, he was called the dumb twin. He's got a twin brother, uh, Wesley, and it was Wesley and Leslie. And Les was called DT, dumb twin, because he was labeled educably retarded, I think, in the fifth grade. Les has an amazing story. Uh, he's also spoken in stadiums with 40 and 50,000 people, and he's been doing it for 50 years. You know, so I I say all of this, that we all had a fear, you know. And I mean real fear. I don't mean just like, uh, I mean like my fear was lying in bed at night, tortured, like literally tortured. I couldn't sleep, uh, couldn't eat. Um, I just was thinking, of, oh, my God, how do I get out of a job? I can't get out of a job. My bills are seven, $8,000 a month. I got this mortgage. I got kids. I got three kids under the age of five. What am I going to do? And I don't even know, I wouldn't give anybody the advice that I did. And that's quit your job because I think you should keep your job to fund your dream until you just can't do it anymore or quit your job and go do something part time. If you can do that, just to keep the health insurance or pay the bills, that's you like that's your own call, but you can't do it forever. Like you can't live in this perpetual state of paralyzation around fear and what might go wrong if you decide to go for your dream, you know? But I will say what I did worked out really well because I had to do it. Th- I just had to do it that way or else I was never going to do it. I had to rip off the Band-Aid and I had to go for it or else I would have never done it. And thank God I had the support of my wife. So she that's a big, big part of it, having a spouse that supports you. And the reason my wife supported me is because she knew I came from a family without a father. And she knew, like I talked about yesterday on the podcast, she knew why I wanted to do it. I was doing it for all the right reasons, to spend time with her and to be a dad that was it i wasn't doing it to get a yacht or a you know private plane i was doing it to be a dad and a husband that's it <laughs> i just want to be mike brady so that's why she was so supportive of me so i say all of this because you probably have some fear around what it is that you want to do and is it going to work out it's going to work out and you can be a blessing to a lot more people by being free than you can being all chained up and bound up like I used to be. Like I could only impact the people in my office. I was a sales manager, you know, and that was okay. But my impact has been far greater over these past 15 to 18 years with a podcast that's in 226 countries. And now I have an opportunity to coach people every day. The impact is so much greater and the fear has gone. It's gone away. I'm not afraid of failing. I fail. Like I mentioned yesterday. I mean, you're going to hit a home run. You only got to hit it once and then you'll strike out 99 more times, trying other things that home run makes up for about 10 years of income and and a lifetime of freedom. So would you rather be a singles hitter, you know, out there, get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, or would you rather try to swing for the fences? That's so much more fun to me swinging for the fences because you know, you're going to connect one time. It's not like you're never going to. And the real fun part is what it's going to happen. You don't know. Like, you don't know. For me, it took a few years you know, before I hit the home run. It took from 2005 to 2008. But once I hit the home run, paid the bills till about 2011, and then I hit another home run. And I tell all these stories, I mean, on the podcast and in my videos of all the different home runs I've hit. They might come once a month. They might come once every three years. But, man, when they do, they make up for a lot, a lot. So if you're going through a situation right now where you're kind of afraid, the one thing that's going to help you and really inspire you. I mean, like really, really get you jacked up and more excited than you've ever been is actually doing the very thing that you're afraid of because that's when you step into your greatness and you got that purpose. Like you got, yeah, I know why I'm here. This is, oh my God, I love this. I lo- This is so much fun. I'm having so much fun. When was the last time you said that? I'm having so much fun doing this. Every time I step on stage, I thank God I can't believe it. Really? All those people are here to hear a message from me? That's a, that's, cra- like, that's crazy to me. But then you got to be a little crazy, right? Abnormal stands for above normal. So I just wanted to share this with you to encourage you. Nothing to buy. I just wanted to lift you up because I know you're listening to this podcast for the inspiration. But I don't want you to be caught in fear because fear is going to end up leading to regret. And that's no fun at all. So don't let that happen. All right, let's go. Have the best day ever.